All of us have been tempted to challenge, ignore, or rebel against the authority figures in our lives, and this is not a new problem for humanity. In this series called Like a Boss, we're talking about how to interact with the bosses in our lives in light of our understanding of God. We hope you enjoyed this message from Apex students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. I don't know if you knew this, but in the 1950s, this was called the golden age of television. This began the golden age of television. Um, and actually, some people call it the early 1980s, the second golden age of television. And uh, you may not have known, but we are right now living in what they call the new golden age of television. Like since 20 years or so ago, about the turn of the millennium to now, this is considered the, the new or the third golden age of television. And uh, you may not have realized that because you guys, everyone, as a student in here, you were born and grew up in the golden age of television. And I got some bad news for you. That means someday this golden age is going to be over and you're going to be forced to watch bad TV. It's coming. You've never known it before, but it's probably coming. And that, that fact makes me sad. Uh, but I do watch a ton of sitcoms. Like, I grew up, like, all the way back to Three's Company. Three's Company was my jam. Probably my first sitcom that I was, like, ever really into. And you, many of you probably have never heard of it. Others in the room are like, that's the first one you watched? Um, but uh, the Three's Company was really a good one for me. We were a friend's family, though. You know, every single week, Thursday nights, 8 p.m., 7 central, we were watching the new episode of Friends. It was very important to my family. Uh, and then young adulthood, I got into the office, and now I live in breathe the office, one HQ trivia from the office, one a pub trivia of the office, one HQ words trivia of the office. So I don't mean to brag, but I know the office pretty well. Um, and that's because I don't have much of a life outside of that, but that's okay. I've seen some other sitcoms as well, uh, all kinds of things in between there, different sitcoms have come and gone. And there's something really interesting about sitcoms in the new golden age of television specifically. Um, it seems like they've figured out a formula for comedy and they're just like hammering it to death in some cases. Um, so almost every time, a lot of the time, there's certain characters that you'll see repeated. Like almost all of them have like a greedy or difficult boss. You're going to see a quirky teacher or a bumbling parent, uh, a dysfunctional leader of some kind. And there's a reason this formula has been so successful. And that reason is that this uh, dysfunctional leader idea is very relatable. <laughs> because everyone, and probably in here right now, you're thinking, I have a dysfunctional leader in my life that reminds me of a particular leader I saw on TV that deserves a spot in a sitcom. Uh, maybe it's someone you work for. Maybe it's a coach or a director. Maybe it's one or both of your parents or whoever is in charge of you in your home. Um, unfortunately, there are no commercial breaks in real life. There is no time where the director yells cut in real life, and each episode is not tied up in a tidy, nice little bow. Um, this show is actually your real life, and sometimes no one's laughing. Last week, we said that life is better when you honor the boss. Life is better when you honor the boss. And I can almost hear some of you ask the question, what if your boss is lazy? What if your boss is irresponsible? What if your boss is disrespectful? What if your boss is dumb? What if your boss is just wrong? What if your boss is a blank? So what do we do then when your boss is a blank? What are you supposed to do in those circumstances? If, I'm if life is better when you honor the boss, what do I do when my leader, when my boss is wrong? Are we required to be good to bad leaders? That's the question. Does God actually want me to follow a leader who isn't doing what God says or leading how God wants them to lead? 
Am I required to be a good follower when my parent, teacher, coach, director is clearly a bad leader? You might be asking more specifically, am I allowed to disrespect them? Am I allowed to make fun of them behind their back? Don't they deserve it? Don't they kind of deserve it? And what can I count on God to do? If all of my authorities are supposedly accountable to God, what does that mean? What does, what does he do when my leaders are not worth following? Now, these are really good, honest questions, and I think all of us in here have asked them, including myself. Um, dealing with authorities who don't seem to live up to their responsibility is a really challenging thing that all of us are going to have to go through. And trust me, if you haven't been there, you will be there. You will have to deal with a leader who is bad at leading. Because the truth is, we'll all have some sort of authority over us, and it won't always be good. <laughs> there will always be some sort of authority, and it will not always be good. And even though this can be a complicated topic, God has given us a starting point to be a good follower of bad leaders. So tonight we're going to look at a letter written by a man named Paul. And Paul is probably one of the most famous Christians of all time besides Jesus. Uh, we talk about him a lot in here because he was very influential in the early church. He wrote a bunch of letters, mentored a bunch of churches and a bunch of people. And so to help them grow and understand and follow Jesus and what that actually means. So the man that we're talking about, Paul, is responsible for much of the spreading of the gospel in his time all over the, all over the Roman Empire. And he wrote a letter to the Christians in a city of Colossae, or, or Colossae. And in this letter, called Colossians, you may have heard it, um, Paul talks about authority in this letter. His instructions about authority are not only, like, difficult, like, challenging to me, but they're also very emotional. And the reason is that he was writing to real people. He was writing to people who were actually struggling with the authority in their lives. Like we read the Bible sometimes and it's like, it's just like a textbook or it's just like a history book. But you have to remember that these were real people. Paul is actually coaching people dealing with bad leadership. And these were people he loved. Paul literally, like he risked his life over and over again and eventually gave his life so that people could hear about Jesus. He cared that these people in this city were hearing the good message. So people all over the ancient Near East heard about Jesus through Paul's message. Paul cared very, very deeply about these people. So we can rest assured that whatever Paul wrote to them, he did in hope of making their life better. So in one section of this letter, Paul is addressing authority, and he said this in, in 3.23, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, not just like for the Lord, but for, uh, as working for the Lord, not just for your human master, not just for your boss, but work as if you're working for God. So right out of the gate, Paul challenges people to obey the authority that he's put in their lives. And to do the work that they've asked them to do with all of their heart, with everything, as if they were working directly for God, as if God was their boss, work that hard. And Paul says, this is really challenging stuff for these people. In other words, no matter how good or bad your authority is, you should picture yourself working for God instead. And that sounds really nice. Um, it's great instructions, very important. But what if your leader goes from bad to worse? What if uh, they don't care about what's right? What if they don't care about what's fair? What if they don't care about what is wise? What if they're straight up rude to people? What if they lie to people? What if they single you out in a bad way? What if my leader doesn't help me get better or smarter? Then what? And it's interesting because Paul does not consider this a they situation. 
This isn't about the authority. He's not addressing the authority. He's addressing the you. He says this is a situation between you and God. That authority, no matter what they're like, this is about you and God. Your part is to obey God and work hard. That's your position here. That's your job. In fact, don't just work hard. Work with all of your heart as if you were working directly for God. Not your leader, but for God. The, the working hard part, that's your role. And it has nothing to do with whether your authority is wise or foolish. And that can be tough. doesn't matter what they're like. You do your work as if you're working for God, as hard as you can with all of your heart. While you are doing your part, God is doing his part. Paul goes on to write, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And then he says, since you know that, they, that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. So an inheritance, if you don't know, is, is what may, you might get from a family member that passes away. And this is something that's passed down to people. And the people that Paul is writing to are not going to get an inheritance from their leaders. That just wasn't happening. It was bad authority. They were not getting anything from them. So he reminds them, God's got you. God's got you. He has your back and your inheritance is his responsibility. Your inheritance is God's responsibility. You don't need to worry about them. He'll take care of them. The same is true for you. Your future, your opportunities, and your joy, all of it is part of God's plan to take care of you. But that's not where Paul stops writing. God's part is to take care of you, but God's part is also to take care of your leader. And last week we said that all authority answers to God. All authority in our lives have an authority on earth, and they they have an authority in God. And anyone who does wrong will be held accountable. By whom? Not you by God. You have, maybe you have a bad boss or a coach or a teacher. God will handle them. We don't get to know how or when or have input into that decision, but God will handle that. He is not sleeping on the job. He is aware and an authority figure's poor treatment of you does not slip past God unnoticed. How he handles them is his job, not yours. So do your part, which is working hard, and leave the rest to him. Leave the rest there for God to take care of. So following a bad or incompetent or a frustrating leader starts with this. Do your part and trust God with his. Here's another way to think about it. Control what you can control and trust God with what you can't. Control what you can control and trust God with what you can't. Mary, similar to what we talked about last week where we said, love everyone, manage yourself. Love everyone, but manage yourself. Control what you can control and trust God with what you can't. You will never escape the problem of following imperfect people. Your entire life, you will be following imperfect people forever. But God is not giving us a free pass to disobey, mock, insult, or dishonor those people. He has put them there, and that's the situation that we're going to have to deal with forever. So control what you can control and trust God with what you can't. But I don't want to stop there. Uh, We're going to look at some more history recorded by a man named Luke. And Luke is really cool because he was a doctor. So Luke was like really careful with details. He was really careful with procedures. And Luke recorded the events of Jesus' life. And then when Jesus left, he continued to record the events of Jesus' followers Life. So the early church, what we have, what we understand from the early church, a lot of that is from this guy named Luke. And that second part where he recorded the early church's movements is uh, in a book called Acts. We call that Acts, uh, A-C-T-S. 
sounds like acts like chopping wood, but it's not. Acts. Acts. So the second part of this book called Acts, uh, in this passage, we're going to look at two guys named Peter and John. These guys were like OG uh, disciples of Jesus from the very beginning. These guys were following Jesus around, one of the really close people to Jesus. And um, they're telling people about Jesus dying for them. And then they got arrested for it. And the police were like, stop it. And they're like, wait, but Jesus told us to do that. And now you, like the police, what we call, like when we picture police, it was a little different. It would be more like a, like a soldier that would have taken them. <laughs> so it wasn't just like they were being questioned by an investigator, like in that room with the two chairs and the table and the one-way mirror. It was like, like literally soldiers had them like with swords and shields. And they're like, guys, cut it out or I'll cut you up. That's what this was like. And they're like, I don't know, man. Jesus told us to do this. And now you're telling us to do that. These guys are like, these are young people. So we got these two young men uh, shaken up, confused about what to do next. And this Peter fella that's about to speak, um, he, when Jesus died, he was like, I don't even know that guy. When they killed Jesus, like, Jesus, who? I don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, he had followed him for three years of his life. They were best friends. Peter was like, who? Jesus, I don't know. And so this is the same guy who steps up, he mans up, and he womans up, and he says this in Acts 4. He says, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? I don't think so. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. In other words, no can do, boss. Can't do it. Can't swing it. Jesus told us very clearly what we're supposed to do. And uh, you're here telling us to do the opposite. Now you can make your decision about whether we should be obeying you or Jesus. But we have made our decision and we're going to obey Jesus. That's important to us. So you might be reading this and thinking, gee, isn't that the exact opposite of what we just talked about? Um, Isn't this deliberately disobeying authority? And the answer to that, the short answer is yes. Um, But this is where following Jesus can sometimes be tricky because the truth is there may be times when the right thing to do is respectfully, humbly, and compassionately defy an authority in your life because they led you against what is right or wise. Sometimes that will be, and these key words, respectfully, humbly, and compassionately doing that. So if an authority figure in your life instructs you to do something that is wrong, immoral, dangerous, unwise, against God's instruction, I think they made a God's Not Dead movie about this, about one of of the side plots, and I don't know. Um, But if an authority figure in your life instructs you to do something that is wrong, immoral, dangerous, unwise, against God's will, you need to lift your head and say, sir, ma'am, I do not intend to disrespect you, but I cannot follow you there. I do not intend to disrespect you, but I cannot follow you there. In other words, there will be times in your life where you have to honor and not obey. There will be times, not a ton of them, but there will be times in your life where you need to honor but not obey. I promise those times will be few and far between. Um, And figuring out how to handle that position is really tricky. And if you find yourself doing this with every leader in your life, it might be you. It might not be the leader. Just so you know, write that down Uh, because that's important. This is not going to happen over and over again. It might be you in that case. If this is the route, honor and not obey is the route you are going to take. Um, This room is very important because you can find great friends to counsel you. And you have amazing More importantly, I'd say small group leaders, adults in your life that care about you, that are rooting for you, that can give you counsel on this kind of thing. So we'd love to have those conversations and 
process through that with community is so important because if you are just uh, honoring but but disobeying every leader you find, maybe you need to talk to some people around you. You do. You need to talk to some people around you and process that with some other people. Most of the time, however, leaders will not ask you to do things that are illegal or immoral. Most of the time that won't happen, but there will be times when they're not great to you. There will be times when leaders in your life are not amazing. And um, from what we talked about tonight, in those situations, we have to do what? Control what we can control and trust God with what we can't. Control what we can control and trust God with what we can't. Sometimes through our obedience and hard work, God will change the hearts and minds of our leaders. Through what we do, setting a great example, will change our leaders. Sometimes that's going to happen. Um, sometimes it's not going to happen. <laughs> Sometimes you're just going to be the only one doing right, and that is okay. Even if these leaders, your leader doesn't change, God's always going to take care of you. He has always got your back, and he will always hold leaders accountable for what they do. So for those of you who have an authority who is hard to follow right now, you're living that. I'm sorry for that. If a leader has let you down uh, with poor decisions, poor attitudes, poor modeling, that's not the way it's supposed to be, and I'm sorry for that. But if that is your reality, we're going to talk about three practical steps to help you moving forward. This isn't the kind where you need to honor but disobey. This is the kind where they're just kind of a blank, and you need to deal with it. So uh, here's three practical steps. One, forgive. Remember that all leaders are imperfect humans, just like you are. All leaders are imperfect, and God, our perfect Savior, still loves them. And if my leader is good enough for God to forgive, he's good enough for me to forgive. She's good enough for me to forgive as well. So um, maybe they don't even deserve it. (laughs) Maybe they'll never change. But all we can control, this is one of the things we can control, and that is choosing to forgive them. Forgive, be responsible. Being irresponsible, irresponsible actions will always lead to consequences. Bad consequences will always follow irresponsible actions. So do your best to make right choices regardless of what other people around you. When you're in a situation with a, uh, a dysfunctional leader, it can be very common for you to look around and see a lot of people doing irresponsible things. A lot of people poking fun. A lot of people not honoring the leader. Be responsible. Take the high road. Honor your leaders regardless of what people around you are doing, um, honor the authority above you. Forgive, be responsible, and lead up. Leading up is a really cool idea. When authority figures in your life, choose not to act like adults. Somebody has to. When your authority doesn't act like an adult, somebody's got to be an adult. Let that be you. You get the choice to do that. You may not actually be the boss, but if you choose to have a better attitude than your boss, if you choose to treat people well, unlike your boss, if you choose to serve the people around you, unlike your boss, if you choose to act responsibly, uh, responsibly, your actions may speak louder than your boss's actions. Or you might inspire your leader to change. You cannot control them, but you can control you. Lead up. So the bottom line, control what you can control and trust God with what you can. It is pleasing to God when we respect, when we honor our authority figures. God wants to do amazing things in you and through you and choosing to respect authority by controlling what we can control opens the door for him to unleash the maximum potential that he's placed in us. In whatever situation you are currently dealing with, imagine what it would look like. Just think about a picture of what would, how would it impact my life for real 
if I led the people around me. Because you don't have to be the official title of the boss to be the boss. You don't have to have that title to be the boss because your attitude, your decisions, your example can have a huge impact on the people around you, whether you are in charge or not. Ultimately, this is what Jesus did. He was constantly under the authority of the government, um, of religious officials. He was constantly under people's authority. And they did not act appropriately or treat him fairly in any way. Yet, in every circumstance, he maintained respect, he led by example, and maximized his full potential that God had given him. If you and I want to experience freedom and joy and how we interact with our authority, we have to choose to do our part. We cannot control our parents, cannot control our leaders, coaches, and supervisors, but I can control me. You can control you. So control what you can control and trust God with what you can't. And that is how you live like a boss. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your word, for teaching us today things that you taught people 2,000 years ago. We're so thankful that you care about us enough to leave this record so that we can understand where you're coming from. We can understand this roadmap to a better life, to living life like a boss in so many areas that it's not just authority, but that your word gives us a peek uh, into how we're supposed to live. So thank you, God. I pray you help us to respect the authorities in our life. Respect the people that are leading us um, and help us, even though they're often going to let us down, help us to look past that. Father, give us the strength when we need to um, to honor but not obey. Give us the, uh, the confidence to do that and give us the wisdom to tell when those times they are, uh, are appropriate because they are very few. But for the most part, in those situations where we're just dealing with a dysfunctional leader, help us to forgive imperfect people just like you forgive us. Help us to be responsible, act responsibly, regardless of what the people around us are doing, and help us to lead up and control us so that we can maybe inspire our leader or at the very best just do what you've called us to do. Um, Help us to control what we can control and trust you with what we can't control. We love you and we worship you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this Apex Students podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.